Welcome back, y'all, to the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're listening to Miller Thomas, host of this wonderful podcast, current Walter Cronkite School of Journalism journalist. You can go check out all my latest work on my website, millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. <clears throat> on there, you can see my work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. And today I ask that you guys just bear with me a little bit. I have a little bit of a cold, a little bit of a scratchy throat. So you might hear me clear my throat a few times, maybe cough, maybe get a sip of water. So if you could just bear with me today, I really appreciate it. Now, as I always like to say, we got a jam-packed show for you guys today. For segment number one today, we're going to be talking about Mike Leak, Arizona Diamondback pitcher, starting pitcher. We'll do a little player review on him, break down his 2019 season. And then look ahead to what kind of impact he can make in 2020. And then for segment number two today, it's Talk To Me Tuesdays. So that means I'm going to drop the final part. Part three, the finale of the Austin grad interview. But first, if your company is interested in reaching men between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. Locked on Diamondbacks is listened to by 98% men and 80% between the ages of 18 to 44. So if you want to reach men between 18 and 44, this is your spot. Plus, our rates are the most reasonable around. Email me at LockedOnDiamondbacks to find out more. Now, for segment number one today, we are going to be talking about Mike Leak. Now, I'm... You guys know I'm pretty bad with my ASU history, even though I go to Arizona State. And I did not know Mike Leak was from ASU. So already, Mike Leak got a round of applause for me. You got my vote of confidence. Mike Leak was drafted eighth overall by the Reds back in 2009. But he didn't play with the D-backs until midway through last season. When he was uh, acquired by the Seattle Mariners for infield prospect Jose Caballero. Uh, when I saw Caballero, I just immediately thought of a horse because that's pretty close to <laughs> the horse's uh, name in Spanish. But anyway, I digress. Uh, Mike Leak was solid, but not spectacular at all. He was mediocre, I would say. Uh, <laughs> in 10 starts last year, in a 4.35 ERA. And he uh, he led the league in home runs. Yes, he gave up the most home runs in, in uh, Major League Baseball with 41. Uh, a Detroit pitcher came in second with 39. So that's not what you want to see from a guy you uh, acquire at the midseason trade deadline. Just because uh, you would hope to get better production than a guy who's going to give you above four ERA and going to give up a lot of home runs. And then not to mention, already he's not off to such a great start this year. He already has a fracture in his non-throwing hand. He thinks he's still going to be healthy enough for opening day. But a fracture is always pretty serious, so we'll have to monitor that situation. Now, Mike Leak throughout his career has kind of been the guy we saw last year. In his career, he's 105-98. and That's pretty close to what mediocre is. Is a 4.05 ERA. His six point one. Uh, his strikeouts per nine is six point one. 
if you average 162 games per season. So that's not really like a strikeout artist. He's more of a ground ball kind of guy, but uh, he's averaged 208 innings pitch over the course of his career. That number right there is the reason why the Cardinals gave him five years over $80 million, even though the, the back end of that contract didn't look too hot. It's because what do players, or not just players, what do coaches, and if you turn on the TV, you meet your personality, say, what is the best ability? The best ability is availability. And that's what Mike Leak has. You know he's going to go out there and pitch for you guys. You know he's going to be out there every fifth game. He's been pretty durable throughout his time in the big leagues. And he's been solid but unspectacular in that time as well, according to those numbers I just read. And you know what you're getting from Mike Leak when he pitches. He's a guy that's he's steady. He's average. He's mediocre. He just... He's your fourth or fifth guy in your rotation. Maybe your third in his in a in a good year by Mike Leak. He's not someone who's going to be top of your line, ace of your rotation. You know, top gun starter. He's the guy who you know what? I just need a a fifth starter to fill in the back end of my rotation. My rotation guy just got hurt. Oh man, I, I this guy's really struggling this year. Let me. Go trade for Mike Leak. Let me go sign Mike Leak. I'm looking pretty weak at my starting rotation depth. Mike Leak is a glue guy. He's great for rotation patch-up, quick injuries, people struggling. You put a Mike Leak in there, and he'll do a solid job. But he's not someone you want to rely on. Uh, If you just look at some of his numbers from last season, the guy was just way better at home than he was on the road. He had a 327 ERA at home, but when he was on the road, he only he only pitched to an ERA that was slightly above five. So those splits are always concerning when you see those home road splits. And I think it even ties into this next stat that I have for Mike Leak. When he had three to five runs of run support, his ERA was a 3.8. But when he had two runs or less, his ERA was a 5.3. So when obviously when you're at home. You have that crowd energizing you. I think just being at the bottom of the lineup, or not the bottom lineup, the bottom of the inning just gives you a different confidence, a different perspective on the game that you believe you always have a chance to win it just because you're at home, you're in front of your home crowd, and you're always going to get the last opportunity to to score a run or make a play for your team. So I think that's part of the reason why he got more run support at home than on the road, and I think that's part of the reason why his ERA was better at home than on the road. He just got more run support at home. And then when he has more run support, it gives an extra confidence to Mike Leak. He doesn't like going on the road, seeing all those fans, you know, booing him, not giving him the love and admiration that he gets when he's at home. It's, it takes you out of your comfort zone being on the road. It's an unfamiliar surroundings. And then it's also harder to score runs on the road if you're – the offensive team, if you're the team that, uh, if you if you're the D-backs, the team backing up Mike Leak, it's harder for you to score runs on the road. So for Mike Leak, he's like, man, I'm getting less run support. I'm not as familiar with this environment. So overall, that just brings his ERA down. That's what happens for mediocre guys, for average guys. They're just not going to have that same consistency on the home and on the road. And that's evident with Mike Leak. He's just not the same pitcher at, at home and on the road. But he is solid. He is average. And he will get the job done. 
he can do enough, but don't expect a lot. And he's a, uh, he's spectacularly unspectacular. That's how I would phrase it. Now, Mike Leak is probably going to get a spot in the rotation depending on his health to start the year. I'm not rooting for him to be hurt, but I would rather see someone else in that spot. If I had to choose, uh, choose my starting rotation, It'll be Robbie Ray, Alex Young, Zach Allen, Luke Weaver, and Bumgarner. Probably go Bumgarner number one, then Robbie Ray number two just because of that experience, and he has been an all-star just a couple years removed. Now I want my three young guys next. I just don't want to see a Mike Leak right now in my starting rotation. I would rather him be a super utility guy as a pitcher, be my long relief pitcher if I get into some trouble in the fourth or fifth inning early of a game or if I see an injury go down in one of my starting rotation guys, then I can insert Mike Leak and still be smooth sailing. Now, you guys are going to want to stay tuned for segment number two today because it's Talk To Me Tuesday. So I'm going to have the finale of that interview, and it's going to be right here on the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast after this break. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that the Locked On Diamondbacks is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Diamondback fans, just like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. And not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. If your company wants to connect with Diamondback fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income, let's put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Just text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. And let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you. Welcome back for segment number two today. It's Talk To Me Tuesdays. So I'm about to drop the part three, the finale of the Austin grad interview. Here you guys go. Candid for the D-backs. For me, I've been gushing on the podcast for a while now about Zach Allen. I think he has the stuff and the makeup to be at least the number two starter on this team. I think he could be the Walker Bueller to the Clayton Kershaw for the Dodgers. So who do you think is your breakout candidate on the D-backs? Well, Yoan Lopez, you know, he's a relief pitcher that might be seeing some time in the rotation this year, just depending on injuries and how other, you know, pitchers in the back end of that rotation play. He had a really good year last year. He throws about 95, 96 on the radar. He has that fiery, you know, emotion that gets the whole team going. He's kind of like a mini Archie Bradley in that terms. You know, more of a fastball guy first, but he has a better curveball than Bradley does. So I expect him to have a really good year. Probably going to start in the bullpen, but might be moved up to the rotation as the year goes along. And, you know, for the lineup guys, I think Cole Calhoun's going to really, you know, have a breakout year this year. I know he hit 32, 33 home runs last year, but his average was low, around 230. Expect his average to go up to like 250, 260, stay on that consistent home run range and end up, you know, having almost 100 ribbies. 
Yeah, I've talked about Juan Lopez a little bit on this podcast. I do think if Archie Bradley struggles this year or even has a bounce back uh, season, I think he could be moved after the deadline. And then you could promote Johan Lopez to that closer role because I do think that's something that does that still needs to be solidified. I still think the back of the bullpen probably the biggest weakness on this D-backs team. Mm-hmm. I do think they don't have enough relief pitchers back there, but I do think their starting rotation is solid. They do have great depth. I just love the way Zach Gallon fits in as the number two behind Madison Bumgarner last season. He only had 15 starts, but in those uh, starts, he had a sub 2.9 ERA, so he really showed his stuff, and he's still a young guy. I think he's only like 23, 24 years old, so he still has a lot of potential, and like most guys in the D-back starting rotation like Luke Weaver and some other guys. They have a lot of young star pitchers. But I think Zach Allen is going to be the best of the bunch of the trio. Now, last question of the day. The MLB is talking about possibly expanding the playoffs to seven teams in each conference. So just overall, what are your thoughts on that? I think it would be too much. I like the way it is now with five teams each. It's like football. It's not too many teams I get in. I don't want it to be like basketball where more half the league Makes a makes a right. because, <laughs> could have some under yeah, five hundred teams yeah, in there. Yeah, I don't need to see the Padres getting in as like the second Se- wild card. Yeah, like seventy nine and eighty three. Yeah, so. But you know, for fans, that just gives their team hope no matter what. So I think it's a good way for the MLB to try to get more fan engagement in the playoffs. But you know, I don't know why they're jumping from five to seven. Why don't you go five to six? Do the football style where the First, two best teams in the conference have a bye, and then have the other, you know, four teams do the tournament style, maybe three-game series, and then move to five, and then seven for the finals of the division, uh, or the conference, rather, and I think that would be the best bet to do it. I just don't know how they're going to make the seven-team thing work. It's a little confusing on how they're going to format it, Um, but again, that's why it is just speculation and talks right now, and they'll solidify an answer probably later on in the season. Yeah, and baseball is probably a sport where that wild card team as a seven seed can win the championship, probably because in basketball you've never seen a seven seed or below win the NBA Finals in the history of basketball. So probably a seven seed can win in baseball just because it's not so star driven. It's more about the team aspect. Mm-hmm. But who wants to see that much more baseball? Honestly, I mean, <laughs> no one. Not, there's not enough baseball fans out there that would want to continue watching after a 162 game season see mediocre baseball play in the first round of the of the playoffs. Yeah, well, I think but the reason why the MLB is doing that because of that factor. Because once your team's out of the playoffs, you know, why do you care if you're a Padre fan? You know, if the Dodgers are winning, you could care less. Whereas, you know, if you're a Padre fan who's a young team, just the Padres are an example, who's on the up and coming and, you know, they might sneak their way into the playoffs, at least their guys are going to get playoff experience in the environment and then it'll possibly help them get over the hump eventually. But I think seven is way too much. It should be if they're going to improve it maybe up to six and then try to follow the NFL format of maybe three-game series for the, you know, three versus six, four versus five seed, five-game, you know, for the next round, and then seven-game for the championship of the league. Yeah, if they did do something like this, I would want to see of a more structure where it's like first round, maybe one game like how they have now with the wild card. And maybe like a three-game series, like a best of three, then a best of five, and just keep working your way up like that to get to the World Series. Uh, if it's a best of seven this way, I don't have to see a ton of baseball games, of games I don't care about, teams I don't care about. Because <laughs> baseball is just such a regional sport. Yeah, I don't. There's going to be a bunch of teams that I'm not necessarily going to want to see. It's not like football, basketball, where pretty much any game you turn on, you're going to be enticed. You're going to know who the players are. Right. Baseball is just such a local sport where you're not going to know most of the players. Well, it is regional, and that I think is you know one of the factors that go into the MLB wanting to expand the playoffs just because there's only a third of the league making the playoffs, and that's already getting rid of two-thirds of the 
fan base in terms. You know, obviously there's fans of just the sport in general that watch, but, you know, the more teams they get into the playoffs, the more people have hopes for their teams to win, and that'll just drive up ratings. Yeah, we'll see what kind of changes the MLB does in the future. It sounds like we might see some drastic, drastic changes coming up in the near future, maybe this season or next. That was the finale of the Austin Grad interview. Thank you to everyone for listening to today's podcast. And you guys are going to want to tune back in tomorrow because where are we at Wednesday? So I'll take a look at the D-backs through their first few days of spring training. And we'll just continue our Spotlight Player Series as well. So tune back in for all that jazz tomorrow. Peace.